it's time for some hostile therapy. All right, welcome to another show of hostile therapy. And we are your hostile therapists over here with Big Red. And across sitting from me is Mr. Adam. Boom, here we go. How's it going, man? It's going good. Ready for a great show today? We got some weird uh, and somewhat disturbing stories. Uh, the first one, maybe not so disturbing depending on who you are. Oh, no, it's disturbing. Uh, dep- Some yeah, people yeah, are yeah. traumatized by this. <laughs> who do you think is more traumatized by this story? <laughs> oh, let, let me tell you, it's uh, probably the same people that were traumatized by somebody winning the election. <laughs> You're probably right on this one. So the first story, I'm going to let you lead in this one a little bit more because you've heard more about these stories than I have. Yes, yes. This, this to me, in my opinion is unprecedented in a bunch of different ways. Um, I don't know. I know you, we were talking about once about it a little bit, and you might not agree, but it is this hashtag walk away movement. And what is this walk away movement? What does this entail? Yeah. It has to do with you go to McDonald's, and they don't have any chicken nuggets, and you just walk away. I've done that plenty of times. Yeah. And the ice cream Epic. machine working. And, well, heck, you know, they, they lie to you about that ice cream machine. They, they are. It's like, can I get an ice cream? It's like, uh, it's broken. It must be the dirtiest broken ice cream machine ever in history. No, so no, no. It's never fixed. It's never clean. No, well, that's the thing is, like, they just don't want to They just don't want to clean it after yeah. hours. <laughs> and, and they want $15 an hour. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. So this, this is a much more significant portion, right? This is the walkaway <laughs> movement where... Uh, Democrats are leaving the left. People are leaving the left to vote uh, much more towards the Republican side. Okay. And they're doing so. It's not just, you know, 100 or 200, but there are thousands, tens of thousands of people that are leaving the left uh, for the Republican Party. Or to vote Republican. I honestly, I guess to be honest, I, in my opinion, it would be more. It's more accurate to say to vote for the Republican Party. Uh, but some of them, they're they're saying like they are never going to vote Democrat maybe ever again. Yeah. Like huge deal. Oh, and, right. well, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go and ahead. so it was all started by this guy. I believe his name was uh, Brandon, and um, he he encouraged people and started this movement mm-hmm. of walking away from the left. Mm-hmm. And he decided to do it by posting a video of why he's leaving the left. Okay. You know, and, and just tons and tons of people, you know, have been posting videos of why they're leaving the left. And it ranges from all sorts of different reasons. Okay. And, um, you know, some of those reasons have to do with Trump. Some of those reasons have to do with, you know, Obama. Some of them have to do with the media. A mm-hmm. whole bunch of different reasons. But here's the interesting thing to me. All right. It's that... They're all posting these videos, and they're all giving the reasons they're leaving the left. Okay, so this is serious. It's not a fly-by-night thing. Yeah, it's not just, it's like, well, I just hate those people now. Yeah. I'm leaving. Yeah. They're all giving some sort of reason why they're leaving the left. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, I don't think the Democratic <laughs> Party is very encouraged by that, but... It won't be, if, uh, since we only got, what, two more years until <laughs> the next election. But... Um, it seems like honestly, most of them are just in denial that this is happening at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, just like honestly, they're, they're in denial of the the win still. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're still in denial. It's like no, Trump didn't win. I mean, yeah. it's like all right, come on, like let's let's get over it. I yeah. mean, just like the the birther people have to get over. It, it's like no, Obama is president, and 
from all over records that people could indicate, it's like he has a birth certificate. He was born here. You know, and the people still want to hold on and say, no, he's, you know, I was like, I don't know. Maybe rather he is or rather he isn't. Guess what? Obama was president for eight years, and that's, yeah, that's the way it's going to be, right? Give it up. Exactly. Right? But, yeah, like, um, you know, of course, the media, it's so funny to me because honestly, it's like, okay, look, at least you could do is report this. You know, because, come on, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. Last last I checked, so when I was first heard of this, they were like, 100,000 members have joined this walk away movement. And mm. there are, I mean, sure honestly, more, but, yeah. if you just type in, if you just type in uh, walk away on YouTube, boom. Mm. That'll be the first thing they'll show up, these walk away videos, right? Okay. But yeah, yeah, I looked it up. Um, and they were like 100,000 people. And then when I went and looked up on there, it was 156 already. Like, Now, now is this mostly a, just a, a black people walk away from Democratic side movement? Or is this is, just like anybody? It is everybody. And that's everybody. that's been one of the most interesting things. Okay, It's been black people. It's been Latino people. It's mm. been minorities. It's <clears> been white people. I mean, um, honestly, a lot of them, their stories really are. It's like they've been liberals their whole life. Mm-hmm. Liberals their whole life. Probably born to a family that were born liberals. Yeah, born into families that are liberals. Or, yeah. I mean, one of them, actually, I watched this one lady. She was born into, you know, her whole family was conservative. Yeah. She was the only diehard liberal. And while they wanted to convince her and sway her and persuade her that she couldn't get it to happen, they would, like, she, she wouldn't do it. Mm. You know, she would not be converted. Uh, but for her, her story was, was kind of interesting one. Couldn't believe it. So in this particular case, it had to do with, um, she, um, like I said, hardcore liberal, mm-hmm. decides that she was going to go to a Trump rally. She just wanted to see it, you know, be there and see what he had to say and all that type of stuff. So she goes to the Trump rally. <coughs> Trump rally, packed out. Mm-hmm. Packed out. Oh, as right? they were. They definitely were. Yeah. 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 So she goes there, sees it, and she says it was hard to get in. Mm-hmm. And so... Trump, you know, gets up there to talk, and one of the first things he does is he, he, uh, he's like, "All right, now how many of you are ineligible to vote?" Right, and a bunch of people raise their hands, you know, underage, or you know, different different things, you know. Yeah. He's like, "All right, you guys get out of here," and everybody has a laugh, and it was a big big joke. Everyone's having a good time. Mm-hmm. So she says the next day she turns on the news, and the first thing the news says is Trump kicks out everybody who was ineligible to vote at his meeting. And they don't say it as a joke. They just say it's like, no, that's what happened. He kicked them all out. Which she was like, like that didn't happen. That's pretty brazen. <laughs> yeah. And then and then number two was that they um they reported that there was almost nobody at the Trump event. Mm-hmm. They took they took photos and video of the event like a few hours beforehand yeah. when there was only like a few hundred people in there and there was a whole bunch of empty seats all over the place. Yeah. And she 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 said that she finally realized that it's like Dude, if they're willing to lie to me bold-faced. She's like, I was there. I was there. You know, just completely bold-faced, deliberate lie. Like, man, what else are they lying to me about? But anyway, I don't really want to speak and say that, okay, that's that's what the whole media is all about or any of those types of things. I'm not in one of those campaigns at this moment. But that was something for her. It was kind of like one of those situations in which she finally just came to the conclusion is like, you know what, man, like they're lying to me. If, if some of those are willing to lie to me, it kind of really broke, broke her trust on that level. Mm. So anyway, but yeah, there's, there's all sorts of people, all sorts of people, minorities, black people. What do you think is the main reason 
that uh, just making the switch. So you know what? I, I want to dive into something a little bit about this, right? Okay. Because honestly, one of the big <clears throat> things I, I think is for some. Yeah. Because I was talking to a buddy, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who I think is actually largely responsible for this big switch That's for a bunch cool. of them? Who's that? Barack Obama. Okay. Obama. Oh. Obama. All right." Is because a bunch of these minorities, a bunch of different people mm. who were who are talking in these lists, never thought about politics until Obama became president. Mm. They mm. were they were stoked. They were stoked. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Have, like more than half the United States was stoked when Obama became president. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was the most I'll exciting thing. I give you that. Nobody even. Uh, there were a lot of people who never even uh, probably even voted. That's right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. There was a bunch of them, yeah. yeah they didn't yeah. mention, I mean, they would have said they were liberal, but they would also yeah. say, it's like, I never voted before. Yeah. <laughs> they say it, but. Yeah, know, yeah. It's kind of like, it's like, that's what I believe. I don't really vote yeah. and stuff. But they voted. They voted for Obama. Yeah. They came out, they came out for the first time ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were lit, right? They were just stoked about it. So they came out, they voted for Obama. <clears> and then a bunch of them said, it's like, and for the first time, I started looking into politics. Yeah. I started researching, I started doing my thing, right? Which is like, uh, like a um, a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. It's like, why did you wait this long? I'm t- talking about people who are in the 30s and 40s. And 50s yeah, and yeah, and, yeah. You know, and then that's not the only um, uh, political office that you should be looking at. Yeah, not just the presidency. There's other offices you should be looking at and seeing, uh, you know, what their policies are, what kind of laws they're trying to pass. So, you know. It's, I guess it's yeah, like I say, it's a good and a bad thing. I think the people who are actually looking deeper into politics and seeing what's actually going on in America, I guess uh, kudos to them. I guess it's never too late to learn. So, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Interesting thing, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, Obama, Obama got people excited about politics, yeah. right? He really turned it up, and everyone wanted to know, yeah. man, what's Obama doing now? Yeah. What's Obama doing for us? You know, how's Obama going to make the country better? Mm-hmm. Right, so everyone was stoked. First four years, first term, boom, we're all stoked. Now, I think a lot of people were a little disappointed. They're like, "It's like, okay, I, I believe in Obama, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I'm not really feeling it. I'm not yeah. really, like, you know, he's he's saying a lot of good stuff, but I'm not really feeling a, a lot of change in here." Yeah. And so I think people were, of course, a little less excited. Second yeah. term, yeah. you know, second term coming up, it's like, all right, I'm believing Obama, yeah. but I'm not quite as excited. And so they started. Digging a little more, right? It's like it's like, all right, he's come up here. What's what's Obama doing? What's he gonna do these next four years? It's gonna change my life. Mm-hmm. You know, what's he gonna do to fix all these problems? Everyone, there were problems during every presidency. Yeah. You know, what's he gonna do? Yeah, yeah. You can't please everybody, but some are worse than others. Yeah. Admittedly. Yep. So a lot of those people, you know, they started going like, you know what, man, this is the second term. It's, it's you know what it's like. <clears throat> it's like one of them relationships. You got them super hot girl, and you excited. The honeymoon <laughs> and phase. Honeymoon phase, man, right? Yeah. That first four years, you yeah. just like, it's all about it, right? Can't then, do no wrong. You can't do no wrong, you know? She spits in your face. <laughs> it's like, oh, that was an accident. She was just. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I don't care if that's a honeymoon phase or not. That's too far. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you know? And then it's like the second one, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey. You know, I've been buying dinner for the last four years. <laughs> you ain't really done nothing for me lately. I'm tired of eating those banquet meals now. Come on, you're going to have to get in that kitchen a little bit. Yeah, a little yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, your birthday come around and it's like, 
all of a sudden you start to go, it's like, dang, is it my birthday? She, she ain't even called me yet. It's like five o'clock. I ain't heard nothing from my girl. <laughs> oh, it's your birthday today? <laughs> oh, uh, what? You want to go out to dinner? Facebook like, didn't say it was your birthday today. You know? I don't have a Facebook. <laughs> all of a sudden, you going out to dinner on your birthday and she ain't offering to pay on your birthday. It's like, oh, wait, wait, the honeymoon oh, phase is definitely over yeah. now. Another story there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, so things starting to simmer down, and everyone's starting to go like, all right, like I, I ain't nearly as excited. Yeah. So I'm, I'm starting to really see deep and um, deep into you know what kind of what, yeah. what's the fact of the matter, what's actually going on, and I think people were just a little disillusioned. Yeah. You know, Obama brought. I'm not saying he promised, but he brought the promise of of the world. You know. Yeah, that was his whole campaign was the promise of hope. Hope yeah. for what exactly? I think, I, I think some people took it to another level of what he, they thought he was supposed to do. Especially, I'm going to speak uh, for the African-American That's community. Right. I, think he, I think they thought he was actually going to get all 40 acres in a mule. Uh, I think he thought that we were going to get free rims. Uh, free food. <laughs> free rims? Yeah. No, no. I'm, and Popeye's I'm, chicken. I'm, I'm serious. Like, we had very, very high expectations that were beyond probably stuff he even promised. Like, I don't know. I sure. thought we, think we were going to get income tax every month or something. <laughs> you know, people had very high hopes for him. And I think <clears throat> it almost was like, you know how they tell you, uh, never meet your hero? Yep. Because you'll, oh, you'll, yeah. you'll end up being disappointed in the end because you're going to find out how that person really uh, is. Yeah. I think that was uh, kind of what happened with him is... Uh, he was our hero. Um, I mean, not me. I mean, I didn't go crazy over him, but I did see a spark of hope with him, you know, being right. in office, uh, especially being someone um, of the black race or whatever. But I think that's what happened with a lot of people. Their expectations were way too high. Yeah. Um, and now, I so. and I think that yeah, you have a point. That's probably part of why the movement is probably increasing now after the eight years of him. Yeah, because you know what? A lot of people, and I mean, honestly, like, I mean, even friends I knew and stuff, I mean, you know, like, yeah, it was, they voted for him because he was black. (laughs) You know, I mean, uh, honestly. That's not a lie. That's just just a fact, all (laughs) right? I mean, I I don't care who you are. Like, I mean, I just know a lot of them. They all all admit to it. You know, it's like, that's that's what happened. And then, um. They, they just didn't feel like he really came through the black community. It's yeah. like, you know what? He didn't help bring more of us out of poverty. Yeah. He didn't, you know, yeah. make any great changes. That, that was another high expectation. It was like, he's still president of the people. You can't just segregate one section of the population to help you all. He can do some things, but then again, it, it comes down to the lower officials. It comes down to the governors and the senators and House of Representatives. That's who it comes down to. Um, if you want to help the community, um, but yeah, they, like I said, they put too too high expectations on. I think Obama at that time. But even so, yeah, I mean, I think they would say it's like you know what he didn't, he didn't, he didn't make any of those things happen. So I think that was that was a huge thing. And then, of course, um, for some of them, it was it was the contrast between Obama and Trump. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now. Irregardless, I guess, of whatever whomever's political beliefs are today, um, a lot more people in certain areas of communities and stuff are like, it's like, you know, what? I'm seeing a, a tangible difference in my financial situation. I'm seeing a tangible difference in certain areas. And they're like, you know what? 
Why didn't Obama do this for mm. me? Why didn't Obama do this for me? As, as far as what are we talking about? Employment or employment? Or? Yeah, employment is honestly probably one of the largest <laughs> largest aspects, right? Yeah. You know, because you know what? I think one of the expectations was to see more people in the black community rise yeah. up yeah. out of kind of the yeah. pit they were in. You know, it's like, man, they're down here. It's like for them to rise up out. But you know what? The only way that those people can rise up out is if they, they're they the ones that are mostly responsible mm-hmm. for getting out of the hole. So because, I mean, honestly, like if somebody else just boosts them out, then it's like, okay, well, look. It's only temporary, right? I mean, it's it's the exact principle of like, why why is it that all the lottery winners go broke? You know what I mean? Not spend the money. Right, right. But I mean, think about that, right? Yeah. Think about that. It's like, okay, look, nobody. I mean, nobody could do more for you than that in a sense, as far as financially, right? Yeah. I mean, they boosted them out of the hole, whatever, brought them all the way to the top. Yeah. You win fifty million dollars. I mean, that's more than most people make there in a lifetime. True. You know, but in the end, they're completely broke. Why? It's because they didn't have the ability to handle that, right? It has to be some personal growth that takes place in that. So anyway, so I think a lot of those people, they really changed when, yeah, I mean, of course, the the numbers for unemployment are record, stupid record lows, even reported by CNN. Well, I think there's a bit of of, um an issue with those those numbers too like I, yeah you know i don't know what trump did exactly to mm-hmm. to bring it to four percent i think it's four four percent unemployment now it's record low now something like that yeah, yeah. I, and and i keep hearing that you know obama really didn't help with that but mm-hmm. i don't know have you looked at the track record when he was in office of unemployment numbers yeah so so here's a couple of the the my the major pieces of actual evidence one is that Obama almost, I think it, uh, I have to double check the numbers, but almost increased the number of food stamps that went out during his presidency. Okay. All right. Food stamps is a number one indicator of poverty, not of wealth creation. Right. And um, it's also a much greater indication of putting people to be dependent on the government. Right. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. If you're dependent on the government, there's no way you can go up. Yeah. Right. True. So that's, that's one. If you don't have a plan sitting in which... Well, his plan, his plan was to put people, more people on food stamps. That yeah. was the Democratic plan, yeah. to put more people on food stamps, which I think creates a higher dependency on the government. So his number one is which, bad. Yeah, um, probably what they want, but yeah. Yeah, and then two, of course, you know, I mean, I think the, the, the tax plan, the yeah. reduction of tax plan or whatever is the largest thing that's more responsible for the re- um, increase in jobs mm-hmm. um, today and stuff. He's given more money to... Um, more availability for, for corporations to hire people and, more importantly, you know, small businesses and those types of things mm-hmm. in general, in general, um, and allowing uh, some of that flexibility, which, is, which just helps reduce the unemployment in, in the country. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's really uh, some of the major things that are actually much harder evidence. Like you can look at it as like, okay, well, did Trump reduce taxes? Yes. Did Obama reduce taxes? No. Uh, did Trump, you know... Uh, Trump hasn't really done, as far as I know, much anything to do with like trying to reduce food stamps, except for the idea that it's like obviously, if you have a job and you make a certain amount of money, you can apply for food stamps. Yeah. Right. So I mean, you want more people off food stamps. Ideally, what do you want? Everybody off food stamps. Yeah. Right. Because that means that everyone's taken care of, yeah, and to, they're taken care of income, yeah. on their own sustainability. Yeah. yeah. Right. And another thing with that, if you're able to get off of food stamps, 
and able to, to supplement your own income, mm-hmm. I would think that would flow back into the economy and make the U.S. economy yep. strong again. Uh, also, uh, increasing the power of the American dollar, which mm-hmm. is pretty low at this point. No, totally. Yeah. What, what, well, I was, I, let me just interject on that other part where uh, unemployment, unemployment with Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it started, I think it was, we'll round it up to about 10%, uh, 10% unemployment for America. Mm-hmm. Stayed about the same his second year, uh, second term, well, second year, whatever. It stayed about 9%. After that, what I looked at, I saw it dropped probably about either between 06 to about 1% each year after that. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it did, that, it did that year after year until his last year. Yeah. And it seems like uh, there was a pattern that seems to be going into the Trump administration. Yeah. Not saying that Trump didn't do anything to keep it where it's going now, sure. but it, to say that yeah, I think he, he stopped on uh, like 5% unemployment when Obama left. And I it, heard it was seven, but whatever. I don't know. If you want to give two points. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah know. It, it could be. Um, but, but, I mean, it's, it's gone down like mm-hmm. almost 1% each yep. year he's been in office. And that I know is true for sure. The only part I don't know is for sure because I don't know if it was, um, you know, this may have been a Democratic webpage I looked it on. Mm-hmm. But um, it said he also was created the second most jobs of any U.S. president except for Bill, uh, Bill Clinton. Then um, that's why I said I don't know if that's a hundred percent for sure because that could be on a biased page. Well, see, that's that's okay. So here, here's something that's interesting, <clears throat> and I would be very much interested in, in looking into those numbers because yeah. there's a significant difference, and this is one of the terrors of media. Yeah, is a significant difference. Like Obama, when he talked about creating jobs, yeah, the number one thing he was interested in creating was government jobs. There's a big difference between government jobs and private sector jobs. Okay. Okay. Elaborate. Yeah, yeah. Because, see, government jobs, where do government jobs come from? Who pays for them? We do. You we do. People, yeah. You do. The The general estimate, at last I heard and stuff, was that it costs 10 regular American jobs, in other words, like, you know, private sector jobs, to pay for one government job. Mm-hmm. All right? So, in other words, like, for every government job employee you hire, mm-hmm. Everyone else's money basically goes down, right? Because you have to pay that much more in taxes. Okay. So in other words, you need to keep up at m- 10 times more private sector jobs just to pay for government jobs. Okay. So Obama hired lots more government employees. So like to me, that's not job creation at all. Like this is just completely superficial job creation. Mm-hmm. So now, yeah, the economy uh, was headed more in the right direction. Uh, depends on who you listen to. A lot of economists said that it was like, yeah – it was pretty stagnant, though, and it would have actually gone faster <laughs> if Obama hadn't done several things. Uh, one of them was, of course, the large um, stimulus package. They believe that that slowed the growth of the economy, um, which, of course, yeah, I'm not a fan of at all. And I was against it, of course, when Bush did it, too. Bush did it, too, and I think he was a moron for doing it. And then, of course, yeah, I mean, there were just definitely a bunch of different avenues in which Obama wasn't willing to, to have jobs. I know one guy or whatever that that was his reason. Uh, when we had the uh, the pipeline, there was a the big pipeline that was going to be available. Yeah. And it would have made something the like pipeline? the Keystone Pipeline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It would have produced tens of thousands of jobs on the spot. Yeah. And Obama vetoed it. Yeah. And that one dude was like, 
that was the moment for me. He was like, Obama had the opportunity to create jobs for Americans that would have produced tens of thousands of jobs for people. And he said, nope, not doing it. Yeah, wasn't that at the, the expense of uh, Native Americans that lived around there, if I'm not mistaken? I'd have to double-check yeah. the exacts, but I mean, I know there were some yeah. people who were going to be unhappy with it, of yeah. course. We've already done enough to them. <laughs> Whatever, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know if there are too many Native Americans that need reparations now. I don't know if there's too many Native Americans anymore. It's a uh, rarity to see a, just a natural Native American. Yeah, well, that's that's a whole other subject. I object to the idea of, you know, paying off a bunch of people and stuff based on their race. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> that's definitely another subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I said. I mean, you know, and it's like, oh, you're trying to decide. It's like, oh, no, you're 21, 25th of an Indian. You don't get paid. That guy is 118th of an Indian. Oh, he gets oh, I paid. See, I see what you're saying. You're that. getting all these different little, it's like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. So, like, pretty much, honestly, rather you get paid or not depends on who your parents had sex with. Right? Whether 100%? Yeah, I mean, like, well, because there's a percentage range. Yeah, yeah. For you to not pay taxes as as a Native American. But, so, yeah. So the other big reason that most of these other people, one of the other big reasons that most of these other people are leaving the liberal party Mm -hmm. and um, going over to the right uh, has to do with the media. Mm -hmm. You You know what it's been? Trump... Trump has definitely been a huge factor, not because of all of the really good things Trump has done. That's not honestly the reason, in my opinion. It's not because everyone's looking at just looking at what Trump has done and is like, oh, my gosh, I love Donald Trump. That's why I'm converting. It's because of how blatantly the media has been willing to lie about him. And that's just turned people off. They're just like, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I think Trump is bad, but... What you said is way over. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not true. Yeah. Like the the characterization that they've made of Trump has converted some people because they're like, you know what? I can't listen to the liberal media anymore. Yeah. And they feel like it's like, guess what? You're lying to me about Trump. And they started to look into it and they're like, you know what? You've been lying to me about a whole lot more than yeah. I didn't ever know. I didn't ever believe before. I agree with that. I'll say um, – this has been the new buzz term, I guess, the last couple of years with Trump with this whole fake news thing. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's brought that to promise. I don't know if he's coined it and made a trademark. He pra- dude, he, he practically has. He has to. That's crazy. Make him another million dollars off of that. But because there are some things he has said that not, have not been factual. Yeah. He's caused people to look into it. Also, he's caused some people to look at the left side. To yeah. See if their stuff is factual, which like I said, goes to your point, and they have looked into it and said, okay, they're actually lying too. Yep. Uh, CNN is actually lying too. Fox News, whoever, major uh, media outlets are all lying. So now I'm going to look into the facts myself. Yep. And once they have found out those facts, they have decided, I think I'll go to the Republican side on that. Yeah. And it's like some of those, it's just, it's so brutal. And, and honestly, it, it annoys me <clears throat> how much lying there is. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, it's just so insane. I just really wish it wasn't there. And, I mean, some people have been critical. It's like, well, how can Trump speak out against the media? Isn't the me- media, you know, supposed to be the one that speaks truth to power? It's like, yeah, yeah, if you're speaking the freaking truth. Yeah. You know? I mean, come on. Like, if you're speaking the truth, yes, we want you. But if you're lying in the media, you're an enemy of the people. It's more entertaining. You're an enemy. How, how can you possibly be helping the people if you're lying to them? 
Lying is more entertaining than the truth. It's been out there for, for centuries, and news is no different. You ever seen the movie The Network? No. Yeah, it's called The Social Network. No, not that one. Not, what, do you live in the 18th century? There's no other movies. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's a 1976 movie, if I'm not, <laughs> oh if I'm not mistaken. It's about... Nobody's uh, seen that movie, Red, because they I, didn't have film back then. Oh, whatever, right? <laughs> all all microfiche. <laughs> but it's, it's was a, that like a picture drawing? Like people it, wrote that in pencil? Was that whatever <laughs> stuff you know on stone walls? That's what it was. They painted it in blood. Nah, it was it was an old movie. I think nineteen seventy before I was born, so it's not telling my uh-huh. age at all. Um, and it pretty much predicted the news media was going to hit this way before news media had integrity and uh, somewhere through the movie Peter Finch is in the movie he's a star of the movie um, it told the story about how news outlets were going to look for sensationalism in their stories uh, to get ratings and they would never do that Red oh yeah they have too much integrity yeah integrity has gone out the window now people are willing to say anything to get a story now and now it's since Social media, since you brought that up, is up now, and news stories can hit within the next second. Yeah. Now you have to be the first to break a story, whether it's true or not. So whether it's a lie or not, you want to be the first one to break a story, not be the first one to get the story right. Yeah. The first one to break the lie first. Yeah. You know, I mean, totally. Well, and like, yeah, it's just it's just absolutely insane to me how much the media is just willing to to let it go. Yeah. You know, like right, right first, and then just correct later. Yeah. Um, you know, one one such perfect instance, right? Unbelievably mind blowing to me still. The New York Times, mm-hmm. right? Do you remember that New York Times picture with a little kid crying, and Trump standing over? Oh him? yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Come on, man. Okay, yeah, so look, that. right? This is the most ridiculous thing. They got this picture, of this little kid crying, and it's to represent. You know, Trump tearing away this little kid from uh, their parents at the border. Yeah. Right? And so they took this as um, some some people, this kid was at the border with uh, with their parents, and an um, agent came and picked up the kid. Yeah. And so it was to represent, you know, the government tearing the kids away from their parents. Yeah. But that wasn't what was happening at all. They were just helping the kid with their parents. The kid wasn't being separated from their parents at all. Yeah. But the New York Times ran it like that's what was happening in this picture, right? And, and just, when, when did they correct that? Dude, after or did they correct it? They they never did. They never did. Okay. I don't think so. Usually, if they, if a, a big publication like them corrects a story, they'll put it in the yeah, back of the that's, paper. That's exactly, of course, and, and right? near the obituaries or yeah. you know near stocks or something where no one's really looking at. <laughs> yeah, and people will go on, and people will never look in the back, and they'll oh, yeah. they'll go on with this story and it'll be and it'll spread like bacteria yep. until someone has to correct them like maybe you or me <laughs> yeah it's like it's like and, and social media is way worse oh my gosh way worse because like I, I told you about the story where like i said if you want to say trump is a racist you know you know be my guest go off with other evidence but there was a picture uh of his parents his mom and dad and they were standing beside uh no they were standing in clan uh, outfits with a clan member and my right. grand wizard, but it was a Photoshop picture. Right. And, but people were spreading around without doing any type of research. Yep. It took me 30 seconds to look it up. I said, is this picture real? Found the information. It was not true. 
His mm. parents were not in the clan that I know of, but this picture was false. Yeah. Well, and, and the, yeah, exactly right. And honestly, that was the New York <laughs> Times response is like, yeah, we know that the picture is not real in the sense that it's actually depicting what's happening down yeah. at the border, but it conveys our point. What the heck kind of journalism is that? You're just ripping stuff out of context and telling it as the truth when it's completely a lie. Mm-hmm. It's just not true at all. And that's what that's what boggles my mind is in some cases is like, okay, maybe there's a legitimate case. Maybe somebody does have a legitimate picture. Yeah. Why can't you use the truth you don't need instead of instead of just lying? Yeah. Because you know? it fits their narrative. And then the first thing that fits their narrative a lot of people will go with. Exactly. And so that's why, guess what? They're finally getting paid back by these other people who are like, guess what? I found out you're lying and I'm not happy about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm leaving. How, what would you say? Um, did they even want to do like a poll or anything to say like maybe what the percentage maybe that may be leaving from the left side to? I don't know. I mean, so far, last I checked, the numbers are growing every day. So I don't know what... Um, you know what? I, in, I Let's think, see. Last last I looked at it, it was one hundred and fifty six thousand. Yeah, which is people. But this was just was this on a poll or is this just like? No, it's not a poll. Okay. There's a there's official site you can join. <clears throat> okay. You can join the walk away campaign. You can join the walk away movement. Yeah. And and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's um, it's kind of crazy to me. And you know you know what's crazy? Okay, so again. <clears throat> the distrust of the media, right? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, how do you, how do you think the Democrats responded? How do you think the media responded to this? Oh my gosh, there's people walking away. What did they say? Do you know? Fake news. No, they said it's the Russian bots. These are all fake. Oh man, they're gonna say that's that's the first major <laughs> stories they posted. And even if you Google it, right? Yeah. If you just hit the normal Google search. Yeah. Russian bots, walk away movement, mm. all this stuff. That was their big claim. That's the Russian Russians have created bots to create fake accounts. Well, and, depending on what you believe happened during the election, where you believe Russia had anything to do with messing with the vote. My first thought was um, Florida. I look at Florida. Florida, mm-hmm. Trump won Florida, mm-hmm. and I was thinking ah, he's not going to win Florida because <laughs> you know there's uh, refugees, there's um, Illegal immigrants that, or legal immigrants, or family of illegal immigrants, there. Uh, Hillary's probably going to win that one, just because of the thought of what Trump may do to illegal immigrants, or families of illegal immigrants, or Hispanics, or Mexicans, or whatever. And surprisingly, a, a nice amount of people, Hispanic or Mexican, voted for him. Mm-hmm. If not, there's no way he would have won Florida. So I kind of looked at it then. I was like, ooh, uh, they must be already leaving Hillary at that point now. Uh, It's because... That's a whole... See, that's a whole other thing. Honestly, you know what? I still think a lot more of that election had a lot more to do with that they just hated Hillary more. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They just distrusted Hillary more. I definitely could agree that. Um, She didn't... (laughs) she, She did not put on a face that was very trustworthy. I didn't... You know, just little things like, this is not even a politic thing here, where she talked about having hot sauce in her purse. <laughs> Dude, most people I, don't know that story. They yeah. don't know that story. They don't know that story. Or, you know, Beyonce, you know, she has a song pretty much talking about how she, 
travels around and has hot sauce and puts it on her, you know, food or whatever. And Hillary's like, I'm down too. Like, I listen to Beyonce. I listen to Jay-Z. I have hot sauce in my purse. I can't wait and let me see the hot sauce. I never saw the hot sauce. I I, I would bet, like, there's no way. (laughs) There's no way she has hot sauce. She may have mayonnaise in her purse. (laughs) (laughs) Salad dressing in her purse. There's no way that lady had hot sauce in her purse. And I don't trust anybody who wears heels at only an inch high. That that alone made me not want to vote for her, which I didn't. Yeah. So, anyway, yes, a bunch of people leaving, all that stuff. and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, What I'll say is I want people to be open-minded to both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, because you get different candidates, you get different morals, you get, um, you get different kind of people that run for different parts of office, and everyone's just not the same. You know, So you may have a good Republican here. You may have a bad Republican here. You may have a good Democrat here. You may have a bad Democrat. But other um, officers, let's try some of these uh, green parties out here. If you choose to do so. These independents out here. Let's give them a chance. Let's open the you mean, market. You mean like Trump? Yeah, well, heck, he didn't even know if he's going to be Republican for the longest time during this race. He, gets like, he was like on the fence. I don't know if I want to... I don't know if y'all worthy of me or not. They kept t- they kept acting like they really didn't want him on their side for the longest, and then they saw how deep he was going into yeah. the race. And well, they, like, they couldn't stop him basically because yeah. yeah. they wanted to stop him. Yeah. But I mean, to me, honestly, for all the independents out there, I mean, there's nobody <clears throat> more independent than Trump. <laughs> Truth. You know, I mean, heck, you know, of all the, I mean, they had all the established Republicans, all the established Democrats, yeah. and. Had, who the heck comes out and wins the election? But there's there's nobody from no no land as far as politics are concerned. Trump Trump wins the election. You know, there's nobody more independent, and separate from politics than him. This man even said, um, I don't know, maybe about twenty years ago, he was on the Oprah Winfrey show mm-hmm. that he would never run as a Republican. Yeah, yeah. It's like wow, uh, and he he won as Republican towards the end. He's the president. No, no one ever thought. No one thought Donald Trump would be president. Period. Guy that owned the hotel was going to be president. You know, he's been on a few shows, a few rappers that claim they hate him now. They used to use him in their lyrics, like, "Yeah, I got money like Donald Trump." Yeah, we're not forgetting about you guys. You made a lot of songs praising Trump, and now you hate Trump. Like you didn't do your research, I guess, before, but. That's your fault. Do your due diligence. Yep. So I don't have a problem with the movement per se. I just would say keep an open mind. You know, but see, that's, everyone's not the same. Right. But that's what I think. Well, I think part of it that's been interesting is that, like I said, they've <clears> all <throat> given reasons why they're leaving. Yeah. So which to me says that they're more open minded than some. Yeah. You know, if somebody could come and give them equally good reasons to leave mm. or equally good evidence or something like that. Yeah. I think that's, that's how it would be, you know, because it's just a huge difference. You know, somebody who gives reasons why they're leaving and going towards something, yeah. you know, it's like that, that gives a lot more credence, a little bit of thought put towards it. So, yeah. and yeah, as far as the Russian bots thing, it seems pretty, pretty much like it's like, all right, I don't think so. Uh, because 
you know, they are. They're posting <coughs> specific videos of their own face, their own names. Yeah, yeah. I like, saw the, a couple YouTube videos. And I haven't, I haven't seen any accents from Russia yet. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't see too many uh, well, black Russians unless it's in a drink. <laughs> That's white Russians. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. You don't see too many of them. <laughs> That's a black Russian drink, too. Uh, why hadn't I ever heard of it? I don't know, because it's, it's very rare, I guess. Go try Go at, go ask a bartender for a black Russian. They'll give you one. That's the only way you're gonna find one, mostly. All right, well, check it out. I swear to you, pay me money on it. Yeah. Is there such thing as a black Russian drink? Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll, kudos to y'all. Like at least follow your movement. But um, a, a thing that also should be said too is, um, like I said, like I said, with times change, people change. Republicans were the Democrats one time for the what? black race. What? Wait, wait, what do you mean? That black people... Voted Republican. Voted Republican. Yes. That's what I'm saying. They were yes. the Democrats at one mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, maybe not 100 years ago, but not too far from that. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. Um, it is a rumor. I don't know how factual it is. I always hear that Martin Luther King was supposedly a Republican. He was. I haven't seen evidence 100% true really? to that. I've just, I've heard rumors of that. I haven't seen anything that could really say for sure he was. I haven't heard it out of his mouth. I haven't seen documents to say he was. But around that time that he could have voted, yeah, he could have been a Republican. It hasn't always been uh, that Republicans were <clears throat> the evil party for the black community. So... um Right, some people declaring that he wasn't. Yeah, that's what I say. I, I've seen on both sides, so I, I haven't seen anything that can, would 100% would certainly say he was a Republican. But I wouldn't be surprised because that's about the time the shift almost happened. Well, the shift happened, what, about 1950s? Maybe early 60s? Uh, I'd have to double check. I remember I've um, I've seen it on there and stuff. I mean, I think uh, Dinesh D'Souza has a lot of stuff on the exact timing of the shifts and everything, so... Mm-hmm. Um, you could always listen to his stuff. It's um, he does a lot of hi- done a lot of hi- historical uh, looking at the the big shift, but mm-hmm. it kind of happens during the uh, the New Deal, I guess. I think it was around uh, maybe before Nixon. I think that was about the time it started to shift. Yeah, Look, right around there. Yeah. yeah. So okay. the New Deal and the the big economic benefits. So okay, made a big deal. All right. Let's sh- shift our gears a little bit. Is a heavyweight matchup. I'm going to let you know when that man fights F.A. Ajagba, do not blink. Of his five professional bouts, four of them have been done in the first round. So he likes to bring an end to opponents in quick fashion. And Curtis Harper has walked out of the ring. Wait, what? I cannot believe this. I've never seen this before. He walked out, he of, walked the out of the ring. He walked out of the ring. He's not fighting this he guy. He walked out of the fight. ring. I've never seen this before in my life. Wow. Curtis Harper... And the fans here in Minnesota are, 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 are really upset right now because... Well, it looks to the painting of the picture, it was right. a portrait of destruction anyway, so he probably saw that same portrait. Curtis Harper is on his way to the dressing room and is walking out of the ring. So I would I've say never that is seen this. They forfeited the match. And comes at one second of the first round for your winner by disqualification and still undefeated, F.A., the one and only, uh, Jogba. That's some easy money. Yeah, 
boxing story. Boxing story. Everybody loves boxing. <sighs> I showed you the clip of a boxer named Curtis Hopper. <clears throat> he, <laughs> 30 year old boxer, he went into the ring last night, stood in front of his opponent, smiled a little bit. Uh, he looked like he was ready for this match. He's like, he, he looked at the guy, was like, you don't know what you're in for tonight. I'm about to knock you out, dude. You don't know what you're in for. This guy was very overweight, by the by the way. Curtis Harper, he looked like he was about 30 pounds, 40 pounds overweight. He didn't look like he had been training the whole year. He didn't look like he'd been training for the past five years. It doesn't look like he ever even attempted to enter a boxing ring. Maybe a box of donuts at the most, what he trained for. Mm. The guy uh, to his left, let me see, what is his name? Make sure I say his name right. I'm going to get his name wrong for sure. F.A. Ajabi. Yeah. If I'm saying it right. From Nigeria. Uh, most of his fights had been ended in the first round. So he was a very big knockout artist. He had a stoic look on his face. He looked like he was ready for the match. I mean, I'm, I'm setting the environment here for it. And they go to their corners. And the referee puts his hand down. The bell rings, and Mr. Curtis Harper, 30-year-old Curtis Harper, who is fighting, I would think, to one day become a heavyweight champion, uh, be adored by millions, um, and adored by, uh, make millions of dollars, be able to buy mansions, multiple cars, all the fixings that come with being a heavyweight champion. He proceeds to step out of the ring. And not just step out of the ring, he leaves the building. He walks up the ramp and walks back to his dressing room. Never seen that in my life. You know, that's not the worst thing I've seen in boxing, but it's not far off. Like I said, I've, I've gone through Mike Tyson bites someone's ear off. Uh, boxer, heavyweight boxer named Oliver McCall, who started crying in the ring like i think the first or second round and he refused to fight the guy was like trying to hit him and he was just busted out crying like he had a nervous breakdown and he was just bawling his behind off this guy uh and then there was another one named andrew galata uh who fought riddick bow i think it was their second match he couldn't stop hitting him in the nuts the entire match like for real this dude got he he got disqualified because yeah, he yeah. could not stop hitting him in the nuts. I mean, I don't mean like one punch. He did combos on this guy. It's a yeah. miracle. He even had kids after that. Yeah. Uh, so this guy probably ranks, he's probably somewhere in the top ten of the one of the weirdest things I've seen in boxing. He just walked out. Yep. Just walked out. Maybe he was in the walk away movement. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole different walk away. <laughs> just walk away. Maybe. You think you think he saw the hashtag and yeah. just uh, misinterpreted it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, hold on, hold on. Hashtag walk away. All right, guys, I got this. Well, you didn't read the rest. Read the rest of it. Read the rest of it. Yeah, he found out later and then realized what a big mistake he made. That's uh, one more black guy walking away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there was, there was a reason why they said he walked away, though. He said, and this really doesn't make any sense to me. He said he walked away because he didn't feel like. He was being paid enough for the match. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, 
couldn't you have like negotiated before the match? <laughs> you wasted all those people's time, and your reputation is ruined now. You'll never get a match like that because that costs a lot of money. I don't know if he was the main event, but that costs a lot of money to put your name up there. They had to make all these advertisements. Yep. It looks like it was in a pretty big venue. They yeah. had to pay money for this. You're done. You're never going to get another chance again. Mm-hmm. And it looked, like I said, he did not look like he took the sport very seriously. He was, like, like I said, about 30 or 40 pounds overweight. Um, he's just happy that someone even gave him a chance. So, I, yeah, I don't buy that excuse uh, that he just thought he was paid, um, I guess, a lower amount, I guess, than the, the yeah, other than challenger. Yeah, deserves or whatever. But, yeah, you know what? It's it's uh, it's insane. Well, and that's the funny thing is that not even his manager didn't know either. Yeah, exactly. His manager didn't exactly. know. He walked out, and they're all like, he's like, hey, what happened? And he's like, hey, I, I don't know. And, you know, he's like, it's like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And his manager's like, he never said nothing to me about money before this. Yeah. You know, so. That was a cop out. It was completely insane, and honestly, like, it's, um, you know what, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just a different generation, you know? Because yeah. to me, like, okay, look, as a man, to walk out of a fight like that, yeah. what in the world? Imagine if there was no, just no money, this is this, this isn't high school, and someone just did this, like, yeah, well, meet me after three o'clock, and we're about to go fight. He gets there, and like, all right, put up your dukes, and he just walks away. Yeah, like I mean, it's just it's just shameful in multiple ways, and, yeah. and and it's also like, I mean, honestly, I could see it if it was about something bigger than himself. <clears throat> yeah. No, it's all about himself. Yeah. It's all about him and his <laughs> money, and I mean, come on, it's like, all right, bro, like you have no honor amongst fighters, you have no honor yeah. <laughs> amongst other people. I mean, it's like you just walked out over some money, yeah. you didn't tell nobody, and you didn't really. Like, yeah, you didn't negotiate it. Yeah. It's not like you were really fighting hard for it. It's yeah. like, no, you know what? I just want to give the whole association the middle finger and quit my job while you're at it. Because yeah. honestly, like, yeah, heck, if I was in control of all that, it's like, yeah, you would never see a boxing yeah. match ever again. Yeah. The only way I could say that is forgivable, maybe, is if he was the champion and the challenger was, let's say he was the champion, he was making $1 million and the challenger was making like $100 million. I'm like, okay, that I get. But still, don't do it then. Yeah. Because you're, you're... God, man. That's not at all the same thing. Yeah. You're going... You could have negotiated that. Don't sign for the fight. Don't sign for the fight. Mm-hmm. There's other... There's other fighters out there that will fight you. And all those other fighters will fight that guy and gladly take the opportunity. Probably for free. Oh, yeah. You know... Yeah, yeah. Hungry fighter... Literally hungry fighters. I don't mean financial. I mean they're hungry. They will fight for like a yeah. hot pocket or something. They'll do that. And this guy just blew it, blew it, blew it, blew it, and he'll never get that chance again. And I, like I said, I don't think he cares. I think the real reason will come out maybe a year or so later. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, he just he's done. I don't I don't see him making any kind of comeback from that. Yep. But yeah, that was the fastest, fastest fight I've ever seen. They said in the winner by disqualification with one second, one second victory. I was like, oh my gosh. You know what? And, and Mike Tyson, eat your heart out. Yeah, Mike Tyson ain't got nothing on that. Uh, that was that was just a small story to go into. I like that was weird. Now this story. Ah, 
it's weird and heartbreaking at the same time. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna read you the story, man. People need some therapy. Uh, yeah, this this is definitely a well, it's kind of too late for this family. Uh, it's a story from the Life Daily. Let's see. Let me pull this up. Okay, it's about. Let's see. Let me look up his name right quick. Little Jamar. All right, Jamar was a 15-year-old kid, Michigan. I uh, lived with his mother Lizette and his father Jamar Senior, and his three-year-old sister. Uh, far as they know, life was good. Jamar was <clears throat> making B's and C's uh, in school, whatever. He had no problem that they could see. And one day, the 15-year-old uh, just pulled his mother inside. I know, I know. It's, just, it's really hard to read this story. Ah. <sighs> he told his mother, Lizette, uh, that he had inappropriate contact. Pretty much that he, he molested his half-sister. And the mother knew <clears throat> she was going to have to tell the dad. And his dad... Um, who was working as a letter carrier for the United States Postal Service. Uh, he came home that day. She told him the news. And the dad went berserk and proceeded to drag the boy. Well, he beat the boy first. He, like, you know, was punching him. And uh, he drug him outside and told him to get on his knees and beg for his life, basically. And, you know, pretty much repent for what he did to his half-sister. How old was the boy again? Fifteen. Fifteen, that's right. And then the father pulled out a gun and shot him in the head and killed him right then and there. Uh, yeah, like I said, this is, this is a very difficult story because I'm like, how... Uh, how would you react if, you know, this is your son and your son tells you that he molested his own sister, even though it was a half-sister, but that still counts. Uh, and I don't even care if it's a stepsister or whatever, but... Well, I think, you know, I mean, because it's, it's his daughter, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, to me, that's that's kind of the, the biggest context, is how would you feel if, you know, you found out your son molested your daughter? yeah. I, I, oh God, man, I don't know if I could kill him, but uh, be, uh, I don't know, man. I really don't know what I would do in that situation. I, I, I can't say I would kill him, but yeah, I would be furious, and and a beatdown probably would happen, and I, you know, somebody would probably have to break me off of him. Yeah, yeah, cause that's that's a that's a, that's a that's something huge. And I'm thinking the boy must have thought he was doing something wrong too for him to come yeah. and tell his mother this, and in in confidence. I don't know. I guess she probably figured she had to uh, tell his father too eventually. Yeah. Um, See, you know what's? I guess to me, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's really sad in, in a lot of different ways because you know what? In my that? opinion, one of the craziest things is that I feel like the boy and the mother actually did the right thing in this situation 
the boy and the mother did the right thing, you think? By, by telling. Mm-hmm. By telling. You know what I mean? And, I mean, I just think it's, it's so sad because in this situation, finally, the, the person who was in charge, you know, the dad, mm-hmm. didn't do the right thing. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, the number of stories that I know where, you know, either, the, you know, the, the boy or whatever, the person, right, doesn't yeah. ever, doesn't want to tell, right? Yeah. You know, and then, then what happens, right? It happens again. And then it happens again, you know, and then like there's this huge cycle, right? Yeah. Or the point where, you know, the boy comes to the mother and the mother decides like, no, 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 we can't tell your dad. Like, let's hide this. Let's hide this. And it just goes on and on and on. Right. And mm-hmm. they, they perpetuate the cycle. Yeah. Right. Um, and in which case, you know what, you know, if <clears throat> in some of those other situations, if people had spoken up, they would have been able to help prevent it. But, yeah. but it's really sad to see this, like, you know what? I think the boy and the mother did the right thing. And as far as telling, you know, obviously it was wrong for the, you know, the, the, the boy to, to do that. That was a horrible thing, but for him to be willing and be able to admit to such a thing. Wow. That took a lot of guts on a lot of heart. How would you look at your son after that though? That's, um, supremely difficult, difficult scenario for like the rest of your life. I mean, this is, not that it matters that it you know that she's not like she was a teenager or something like that they did this just a three year old and that's just uh, oh god just just yeah. that uh, I don't want to think about it it makes me want to throw up I, I I don't know how I would look at him I don't even know he the, the father would definitely have to have therapy because I don't even know how I would even look at him living in the same household after that be wanting to how could things ever go back to normal? How could you ever say, you know, let's go to the park and let's let's go throw a baseball, let's go play basketball, let's go play video games after that? Because that would be the first image that would hit my head every time I would come home mm-hmm. and see his face. He would say hi, pop, and I couldn't even like no, get away. From I would me. think seriously, honestly, that that boy would have to move somewhere else temporarily. Yeah, I can't. Fifteen. You know, I mean, he's got about three more years till he probably had to move out anyway. He doesn't have that now. <sighs> yeah, I said that's, that's difficult, man. I mean, your own flesh and blood, mm-hmm. um, and he he shot him in the head, and yeah. killed him dead, um, and uh, you know the freight, um <clears throat> the statement from his mother. She said pretty much at the trial, uh, I will never hear his voice again. I will never see his smile. He took that away from me. When he put matters in his own hands, he was the judge, jury, and the executioner. Mm-hmm. Your Honor, I ask you, he needs to spend the rest of his life in jail. And her request was was granted. Uh, Jamar Pink, Pinkney Sr. Uh, was sentenced to 37 to 80 years in prison uh, for the execution-style murder of his son. And this bait definitely is a crime of passion, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you would say that would premeditate, even though no he, way he drove. He had to drive from work, and well, he he came home and heard about. It. He didn't hear about it at work. So yeah, this is definitely a crime of passion. So I don't know if that like definitely couldn't give him a lenient sentence if he got thirty-seven to eighty years. But would you grant him any? What happened? I would. What I would think you? there's some room. What? I don't know how much, but 
I mean, like you said, I mean, I think there's a big difference between premeditated murder and, you know, this type of scenario. Because honestly, it's, I mean, it's even worse because it's two different people. Yeah. You know, that are both in your family. Yeah. You know, it's your own son. So there's an element of betrayal. Yeah. There. You know, and it's your own daughter. Yeah. You know, there's an element of protection and, yeah. you, you know, feel grief. Like you, you feel like you failed as a parent, you know, something like that happens. And then on the other end, you feel like, where did this come from that my son would do this? And I'm pretty sure somebody must have did that to him, too, at it maybe a younger age, molested the boy, too. I'm I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah it's possible. But, yeah. That's hard. I mean, that's um, it's a very brutal circumstance. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I would kill my son, but uh, you get told that, and... You immediately see him. You you just come home. You come through the door. You don't have time to uh, to think about everything, and and, and you, he just comes in the room, and you see his face, and you see your three year old daughter's face, yeah. or you think about what she went through. I can't one hundred percent say with certainty that I wouldn't have done nothing that may have been fatal to him. I don't. I can't say that with one hundred percent certainty. Yeah, I think that's one of those things. I mean, you would have to plan out a little bit, you know, and yeah. making sure that that boy would be far away uh, from his dad. Yeah. I know a lot of good men that would really. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's ultimately. I mean, have one of your one of your daughters. Yeah. Get raped is is almost unthinkable for yeah. for most men. You know. Yeah. You don't want you don't want that other guy being anywhere near them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, for them to be so young like that is, I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, it's totally unthinkable. On the other side of that, I'll, I will say, I'm pretty sure he probably got molested by someone else. So, I mean, just going off of what I read about other people who are molesters, they're not just, they don't arbitrarily just become child molesters. Something happened to them in the past mm-hmm. that made them become that. So... I hate the part, you know, to just say they're just evil, innately evil people because Mm. something bad happened to them. And and especially when you're a 15-year-old kid, you don't know about getting help. Or if you do, you don't have the means to do it without having the support behind you. Mm -hmm. So like like you said, for him to even say it uh, to his mom, to even confess that, that was a big step. Uh yeah, I said that's a that's a difficult story, man. But you have to be able to leave the door open for people like that to go get help. You can't say unless the only way I would say somebody is just too far gone. You know, when they're maybe they're in their fifties or so, or maybe late forties, when you've like got all your your morals about yourself set, you're probably not going to change that much. And that's a big thing about you. You would have to change. Not saying that no one can't change at that age, but it's it's harder as you get older. I would say at a certain age, maybe you may, you may be too far gone to even seek therapy. But a 15-year-old... I think that there's always hope. There have been people that have made tremendous recoveries. Yeah. And you, there's no reason to ever give up on hope. Yeah. But in well, this particular case, I'm wondering the most of what the dad is thinking now. Yeah. How does he think and how does he feel now? Where where is his heart? Where is his mind at? Is it is it really recovery? When you say recovery, 
when I hear people say recovery, I always think of it. If someone's a child molester and they go through therapy and they recover, I don't think it's like for, uh, for night. Like, I don't think, like an alcoholic continues to fight against alcoholism for the rest of their life. It's never just done. Like, 30, 30 years you can be sober and then something can trigger it where you hit the bottle again. And I'm thinking maybe, maybe it's the same way with a child molester. Like, you may not think about messing with children for 20 years and something could spark the interest or something makes you where you just can't stop your your emotions and you go out and you want to do it again, um, which makes you still a danger to the public. You, you know, uh, is there is, is recovery just a finite issue if you if you do go through therapy or is it something you have to fight for the rest of your life? I think you can have true true freedom. I'll list it as freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's no such thing as. The idea of fight for the rest of your life. Well, I guess I'm not sure what you mean by that exactly. I mean, I just think that you can have true freedom in the sense that, you know what, you can be pretty normal. Pretty normal and have, you know, go through life without, like, um, being overwhelmed by those desires in some situation. That's not saying you shouldn't be careful or any of those types of things. Um, Because, you know what, like, even if, you know, even if you weren't a child molester, it's not like... You know, somebody couldn't become one in a yeah. sense, right? You know, it's it's like one of those things, you know, I mean, you can go through your life without doing a whole lot of things. Just yeah. because just because you're not an alcoholic now, yeah. Red, doesn't mean you couldn't be one. Yeah. You know, and so if somebody becomes free, doesn't mean they couldn't go back to alcohol yeah. down the road. Yeah. Well, some things have a bigger pull on, you know, some people. Some, some you know, things like, do. Like, like heroin or something. Like somebody who was a heroin addict. And, yeah. you know, they, 10 years later, they don't, they don't touch it. They're not around people. And then all of a sudden maybe something bad happens in their life and they're like, I need a fix. And then they're back on it and they're back, back off the wagon or whatever, yeah. so to speak. And some people just die off from it. Well, I'll say like somebody like, uh, I'll say Amy Winehouse. I mean, even though she didn't live that long and she wasn't off the horse that long, uh, she did go to rehab and she said she was doing good, but something, some internal demon kept scratching at her where she felt like she needed that to help her feel happy. And, yeah, you know, like I said, drugs, you know, it may be a whole different subject than someone being a child molester, but it it, it comes back to still having an internal demon no, and just scratching at you. But see, I think there's a really big difference between somebody getting a Band-Aid and somebody actually kind of being healed over on those things, yeah. right? Because I think, I think a lot of people... You kind of get just get the band aid. You're just you're surviving, and you're off. You know you're. It's like okay, you haven't had a drink for sixty days. You haven't had a drink for one hundred and eighty days. You haven't yeah. had a drink for three hundred days. Yeah. But it really all it is is it nags at you all the time. You're yeah. just not giving in, right? Yeah. To me, that's not really freedom. That's not really freedom because actually yeah. you're you're still just kind of chained to it. You've just got a lot stronger, so you're used to pulling a weight around with you all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Freedom would be where it's like okay, look. You can walk by it. You can, you know, I'm not saying you ever should, you know, if you're an alcoholic, right? But that desire, that just nagging desire doesn't follow you around everywhere you go anymore. Yeah. You know, you don't go to bed at night thinking, I wish I had a drink. You don't wake up in the morning thinking, I wish I had a drink. You actually have some freedom. Yeah. 
It, it's not the first thing you think about in the morning. It's not the last thing you think about at night. There's real freedom. And so I think there's a big difference between that and, you know, just surviving. Yeah. You know, and I think it's the same way with like a lot of people when they get really hurt. You know, I was actually talking to a girl uh, just a few weeks ago. And she has some really deep wounds from mm-hmm. her past. You know, people that, that have hurt her. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think she's forgiven those people, Yeah. but I don't think she's healed from the wounds. There's a big difference. Just yeah. forgiving somebody yeah. isn't enough. Yeah. You actually need to have healing to where those wounds don't hurt anymore on the inside. Cause like, honestly, like most people, yeah. most people are fine mm. until you find that one little button. Right. Yeah. And as soon as you hit that one little button, boom. All the demons come out, right? They erupt like they erupt like nothing else, and you're like, yeah. "What the heck did I say? What what happened? You don't you don't understand yeah. what happened, right?" Yeah. And that's because, yeah, they've got a soft spot there, right? Yeah. There's there's some hurts, there's some wounds in there that they're bitter towards somebody, and yeah. you know, everyone everyone's a nice person until you finally hit their little their button, right? Yeah. So, so I think there's a big difference there. I, I look at it as like having a migraine, like. You take a regular Motrin, may still have the migraine, but it's it's dumbed down a little bit, and you can function better. You know, once you're off that mig, uh, what once you're off that Motrin, and that migraine increases in in pain in your your head, uh, then you're susceptible to do anything. Uh, so you ha- constantly have to keep taking Motrins all the time, so that the migraine doesn't affect you. And I think that's the constant battle that addicts or child molesters fight every day. They they have to give themselves a, a daily affirmation to keep themselves on the right track or they'll relapse and go back to the life they were leading before. I don't think they ever just get rid of it, though. I, I think something like that just pulls on them. It's something strong that pulls on them for the rest of their life. I think some handle it better than others. You know, some some have stronger souls than others, and that depends on the person, though, and depends on what kind of treatment I guess they have too. No, see, that's that's a huge thing, right? Is like some people, I think, I think honestly, most people just don't get very they they learn to cope with those problems, no, yeah, yeah, but they don't definitely. actually recover from those problems. Yeah. Well, those that do that usually say, "I'm not, I'm not an addict. I have a problem, but I don't. I I'm not an addict." You know, they will, they will say, no, I don't need to see therapy because I'm not like these other people, even though I'm doing the same exact thing they're doing. I don't have a problem uh, like them. Small problem, I can handle it on my own. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, very, very sad story. Uh, well, way to end on a depressing note, Red. Thanks a lot, jerk. Well, it depends on what you have to say in a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, we may get more depressed or we may get amped. So we're entering this segment uh, where, and maybe, hopefully, this will help me forget about this story. Uh, Adam's got something he wants to get off his chest. So It is a little bit of therapy right here, man. All right. A level of catharsis we haven't reached yet. (laughs) Adam's Fury. Adam, what's on your mind? You get to speak for about... I'll give you about three to five minutes, man. If you need that much, tell me something that is really just irritating you in the world. The floor is yours. Yeah, so, you know what? Uh, honestly, I love education. Okay. 
I'm a big believer in education. But there are lots of things in formal education that I actually just abhor. It drives me nuts so much of the formal education that we have today. And so many of the discussions we have about college and high school and all those types of things. And um, some teachers like me, some teachers don't like me. But uh, whatever, I don't care. (laughs) So, I mean, oddly enough, yes, I have definitely done college. And I'm actually still taking classes in college and, you know, got through high school and all of that. But the one thing that gets me so bad is what everyone says school is for, what it's about, and how they train, train our kids today. So let's take like uh, college for example, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone today says go to college, go to college, go to college. It's like a mantra. Go to college. And uh, I did not go to college right after high school, and I am so glad that I didn't. So glad that I didn't. Um, so you know what? The one person that I felt like taught me more than so many other people in life, largely, was my dad. My dad taught me something so important. He said, you know what, son? If you learn to learn, you can learn anything. And I was like, okay, cool, you know? And so everyone that I know, like when I ask and we talk about college, it's like, okay, why should you go to college? And I've fought a lot of people. It's like, why should, why should I go to college? I don't know what I want to do. And this is like, oh, you don't, you don't go to college, you know, just for that. You don't go to college to learn facts. You go to college so that you learn to learn. And I thought, okay, that's retarded and stupid. Um, because, in my opinion, isn't that what you should have went to high school for? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, oh, no, 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 you don't go to high school for that. You go to high school to learn facts. What? So basically what you're telling me is that everyone that graduates high school should not know how to think at all. Nobody learns how to think in high school. It's like, okay, so if you don't go to college, you don't know how to think, right? You just That's how you train people in the United States then? is you train them just to learn stuff in high school so that all they can do is regurgitate information. But nobody's taught how to think at all. To me, that is the epitome of, of, of stupid in some senses, right? It's like you're literally not told how to think or taught how to think, and that's what everyone in formal education is telling me. No, no, that's not even the point of high school. And it's like, okay, well, if you just taught people how to think in high school, then you should just go to college to learn the facts, Right. And to me, the idea that you have to take general education courses in college, I completely object to. I completely object to because to me, that was the point of high school. You're supposed to learn those things in high school. And and so I just it doesn't make any sense to me. It's just absolutely absurd to me. And then now, like, I don't even find college really teaching people how to learn anyway. So it's like I love education and I think people should learn. And they should, you know, educate themselves heavily. But I definitely find so much more value in informal education nowadays. And I, I understand. I've had a couple of friends who are like, yeah, yeah, Adam, but you're different. You think differently and all those types of things. Oh, I completely understand that. And I understand. I'm different than, than some other people when it comes to thinking and how I learn on my own. But that's the point, right? We're talking about what you teach, what is taught in high school and Learning to learn should be taught in high school. Learning how to think should be taught in high school. And just as one of my buddies and my, we were we were talking with, we were talking about another friend, and we were talking about critical thinking and the ability to think. He didn't even know what that is. He never heard of it. Never heard of it. Graduated high school, going on to college. Critical thinking. What is that? 
never heard of it. So to me, this, this education that most people are seeding people in public schools with is ridiculous. And I think it's, it's really ridiculous that teaching people how to think is not even a part of our education system. And so I'm very passionate for education and people learning. I'm not against education, but I am against, of course, indoctrination. I'm against not teaching people how to think. And I'm, I'm against just teaching people facts for the sake of facts. And everyone should just learn general information for goodness knows why. So that is my rant for the day. Hope you learned something from that. All right. Good job, Adam. You feel better? No, now I'm all so. <laughs> Way to go. That was the wrong medication, Brad. I'm sorry, man. We'll give you some Motrin after this. All right. <laughs> all right, guys. Appreciate you for joining us for another episode of Hostile Therapy. We are your Hostile Therapist, Big Red and Adam. We will see you on the next podcast. Good day to you. Thank you.